Hey, Husker fans, welcome to another episode of the Husker Big Red Podcast with Chris Peterson and Danny Gillette. As always, go Big Red. Hey, Husker fans, welcome back to the Husker Big Red YouTube channel. My name is Chris Peterson, and with me is my co-host, as always, is Danny Gillette, and we are here from HuskerBigRed.com, and we're here to talk about some Nebraska football recruiting. It's been just a whirlwind this week, a huge week with fireworks and tons of news. Of course, Carter Nelson committing on Wednesday, um, a bunch of other commitments, Carlin Jones yesterday, Quinn Clark, a bunch of guys. Nebraska is now up to number 22 on the week. We haven't had our show since uh, the Carter Nelson commitment, so we'll probably get some thoughts there. But Danny, how are you? How are you holding up here with all of this uh, recruiting news? My fingers are sore. My voice is tired from using my speaking software so much, but I love when it happens. I love the pain. Uh, you know, it's good to have a coaching staff that delivers good news and one that is busy. And I'm hoping that during this dead period, all the staff members can get some sleep because they've earned it. It does sound like, um, yeah, there is going to be that you speak of the dead period. Not a lot, I don't think, going on. I mean, Matt Rule basically told Sean Callahan like the last week of July, I wouldn't really even expect visitors for Nebraska. Um, they're going to be, you know, focusing on there's Big Ten media days and then fall camp starts, I believe, July 30th. So I know that there's some recruiting stuff kind of going on right now, and we'll touch on that in a second. But it does seem like the coaching staff is moving forward and trying to, you know, kind of get focused on the season here very shortly. Yeah, and it's kind of nice to have everything sort of buttoned up uh, before the season starts just so they could focus uh, more on the 2025 class because, you know, they're doing a good job of filling out, you know, for example, this class, and then that'll give them time to prepare for 2025. And the more preparation they have, obviously, the better they'll do. And, you know, we've seen what they were able to do in 2024, you know, without even playing a full season yet, having just got here, so to speak, in December. So I'm excited to see what they do with yet another year under their belt for 2025. And I mean, to, I mean, to be quite honest with you, they did a pretty good job of, you know, securing as many players as they did for 2023. So, I mean, I'm, I'm excited that 2024 is kind of, um, finished in terms of recruiting and now they can really focus on continuing to make that impact after a very very solid uh, 24 class it has been a really solid class and uh, we'll get to one of the biggest commitments here in a second just wanted to remind everybody if you like our content make sure you hit the subscribe button get into the likes and you know get into the comment section um, so that more people can enjoy you know our nebraska cornhuskers content but uh, yeah, on, on uh, Wednesday, we had the biggest commitment of this class so far with Carter Nelson, the number one player in Nebraska. Um, he's a top 100 recruit in the composite rankings. 24-7 sports in their own rankings have him ranked 40th overall as the number two tight end, 6'4", 215. I know some people have been talking about how it's going to take two years for this guy to be ready for big-time college football. I don't, I don't believe that to be true. It is going to take some adjustment from eight-man football, but at the end of the day, Football is football. Athletes are athletes. And uh, Carter Nelson, to me, 
Um, I'm going to pose this question to you if you think he's the biggest commitment of the Matt Rule era. I personally think he is. I know Malachi Coleman's right in that conversation. That was a big one, too. But when you think about the Nebraska Cornhuskers going head-to-head with the Georgia Bulldogs, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, and you know beating both of those teams out for his recruitment um, and his commitment, I think that's what kind of sets him you know, above the others just because of who Matt Rule had to beat in order to get him. Yeah, I, I would definitely agree. I think it's the biggest commitment of the Matt Rule era for a couple of reasons. For one, we saw the 2024 class really, you know, focus on in-state recruiting. You know, they kind of buttoned up things in 2023. And to be quite honest with you, I don't necessarily count Malachi Coleman as a Matt Rule commit since the previous staff was already kind of working on him. Matt Rule did a good job of, you know, making sure he was in. No mistake about that, but I consider Carter Nelson definitely the biggest commit of the Matt Rule era. Um, you know, we've seen over the past couple seasons, uh, Nebraska really kind of involved the tight end more in the offense. You know, uh, Travis Vokalik had a good year um, despite injuries. Um, you know, Austin Allen had a good year the year before. And both those guys are in the NFL right now. So I think they've done a good job of securing talent at tight end and I mean, look, we got the number one, tie, or number two tight end, uh, um, excuse me, in the 2021 class in Thomas Fedoni. We got, I believe, Gilbert was number one in, in 2020, and now we have number two for uh, 2024 in Carter Nelson. So that's a full tight end room. And I know that they won't necessarily overlap, but it shows that Nebraska has been able to kind of focus on getting playmakers at tight end. And uh, shout out to Bob Wager. I mean, I think Bob Wager played a big role in this recruitment. He also got Gilbert to come to campus. So he's showing his recruiting chops as well. Um, Yeah, and it's I do think it's fair, you know, with Nelson to talk about, you know, him being an eight-man prospect. Um, you know, since it's, I mean, Nebraska, it's been, a, I think, a couple decades since they took, since they got an eight-man scholarship player. Um, I think Nick Saban was saying that before he watched Carter Nelson's film, he'd never scouted an eight-man football player in his entire coaching career. Um, so that that is just giving you an example of, uh, you know, maybe just one reason why Nebraska has, you know, there's just not the quite the fertile recruiting ground in Nebraska as other places. But as someone that has had a lot of experience with eight-man football, it is, you know, it's different than six-man. It's closer to 11-man football than six-man football. And at the end of the day, with Carter Nelson, yeah, he plays eight-man football, but he's also 6'4", 215. He runs the 40 and 4'5". He runs the 100 meters in 11.02. He high jumps seven feet. Yeah. So, I mean, this guy's a freak athlete. And football is not, like we've said before, football is not a skill game, really. It really isn't. I mean, uh, he, Carter Nelson, I've seen him catch the football many times. He knows how to do that. Like you just have to get the ball in this guy's hands and uh, he's going to be a stellar player. It's yeah, it, may, it might take him a bit, but they're not going to, you know, that first season is always an adjustment, whether you play, you know, major high school football, you know, there's not a ton of guys who come in right away and contribute. So um, I think that they'll find a way to get Carter involved a little bit his freshman year. And then by the time he's a sophomore, I fully expect him to be starting. I mean, there's a reason why, Georgia was on this guy like white on rice. And it's not because it's going to take him two full years to transition and be real. I mean, yeah. that's just, if you think Carter Nelson's going to take until his junior year before he's able to contribute, yeah. you just don't know what the hell you're talking about. And there's a certain Nebraska Twitter account I'm talking about there, but it takes one to know one, if you know what I mean. Oh boy. Don't even get me started. Why did you have to say his name? But anyway, <laughs> um, you know, and Carter Nelson also has something that we both love in the fact that he was a 
two sport athlete in high school. He played basketball as well. So three sports, or yeah, because he was track as well, wasn't he? Yep, he plays basketball. Um, and then yeah, he's also he, he does the sprints. He does like three jumps in track. I mean, so this this guy's like full. Yeah. And when you talk, I mean, so the thing about eight man football is Carter Nelson really doesn't even play tight end that much. He plays quarterback. He plays running back. He plays defense. He plays like you know almost like an H back type position because that's that's eight man football. You get the and really any high, any level of high school football, like you need to get the ball to whoever your best athlete is. You need to get him the football as many times as possible. And a lot of times you do see kids, especially at smaller schools, like in Montana, you'll see this a lot. They'll play quarterback for their school and then they'll go somewhere else and play like defensive back because they literally just were put, they had nobody else to play a quarterback. So you just put your best athlete there. And that's why once Carter gets a chance to really hone himself at tight end, and I think you know, a year or so, like he's going to be a really, really good player. Can you imagine trying to tackle a six foot four, 215 pound running back at the high school? <laughs> like, like, no, thanks. I'm good. I'll just let him. <laughs> that I'll, runs I'll, four or five. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll let him walk to the end zone. I'll hold his hand. I'll make sure he gets there safely. No, thank you. No, thank you. No, thank you. But, you know, I think eight man football also gives you a chance to see, you know, the athleticism uh, in, in different ways. You mentioned quarterback. You mentioned halfback you mentioned tight end so i do think that's an interesting advantage of eight-man football you, you get to see the different traits that you know each player has and you know how much of a workload he can handle too i mean he played everything in high school so you know i'm just really excited about him i mean i love our commitment to the tight end position i love tight ends you know i love you know what they bring to the game and you know this was just another big get for nebraska on during a month that they've been absolutely on fire. Yeah, really on fire. I mean, Isaiah McMorris, uh, Davon Hall, uh, Kiwan Lacey. I mean, the list just goes on and on of, uh, you know, big time gets. And um, we should get to, you know, Carlon Jones, who committed yesterday, is another guy that I really am high on um, out of Texas. You know, we was there was talk of him uh, waiting till the 1st of July to make an announcement. But, you know, the the the, the Will Fong uh, crystal ball came in and he made his decision a little bit early. Um, but this is a guy that really i think if he was six four i think he would be a top 300 player i really do i, I think he's being underrated a lot because of his because yep. of the fact that he's six two but uh frankly i don't care i mean watch the guy's film yeah. last year 102 tackles and he's this is texas 4a football i know the competition is sometimes inconsistent but texas 4a is pretty solid and uh you know 13 sacks 29 tackles for loss and just the, just seeing a defensive lineman with over 100 tackles i mean really at any level that that shows you a yeah. lot of hustle and uh, the closing speed is really impressive with this guy. Yeah. He doesn't move like a defensive lineman, does he? he no, moves he does a lot quicker than that. <laughs> and I saw that he played a little bit of an, of uh, edge in high school as well. And he was just able to utilize that speed and make one or two quick moves immediately blow by his offensive lineman and get in the backfield. And, you know, I really think he's an under recruited player. With a lot of these players, and I know you mentioned, for example, like Quinn Clark, don't look at the offer sheet. Look at the talent that these players bring to the table. And, you know, Jones is one of those guys. I mean, I don't care what level of football you play at. If you record 102 tackles and 13 sacks, I want to take a look at you. I want to see what you can bring to the table. And I think Jones will be another get for, you know, a defensive line that has some good, um, good, players coming up down the road tyson terry and 2025 and 
Another good recruiting job by Terrence Knighton, who's really getting after it on the recruiting trail as well. I believe he was able to seal a deal with Cameron Lenhart, kind of uh, reaffirm things uh, th there again. And then there was one more um, that he, Princewell Umamalian was the other guy that he helped recruit. So Terrence Knighton has been showing his chops on the recruiting trail as well. So that's a big credit to him. Yeah, he's uh, we've talked about that, um, you know, a couple of weeks back with some of these recent commitments, but he has been doing a really nice job. And I think he's one guy that, you know, should get more credit. I mean, we've talked about Tony White deserving more credit, but uh, Terrence Knighton for sure has done really a spectacular job at the defensive line. I know Joseph Anderson is kind of trending to Iowa and, you know, that is what it is. I did really like him. But yeah, Carlon Jones, just to, to close on him, I, I think he's a guy that, you know, I see him playing with his hand in the ground at Nebraska. I don't really see him as an edge rusher, but at times I do think that uh, there's no reason you can't put him out there as a traditional D end, you know, on, on the outside and put him, put his hand in the dirt and rush the passer. So I feel like he's going to get some opportunities there. I think he's like, uh, a, could be a, depending on the size, you know, three technique, five technique, but in this three, three, five, you know, you need versatile guys that can kind of play multiple spots. And I think he fits into that perfectly for Nebraska. I definitely see him as a guy that will help collapse pockets and in turn blow up plays, running plays in the backfield and, you know, make the quarterback think twice before throwing the football. So that's good enough for me. Um, you know, again, Knighton did a good job. Bob Wager's done a really good job quietly of putting together this tight end room. So aside from just, you know, EJ Barthel and Garrett McGuire, it seems like the entire staff is is having a really good month and that's good to see a balance on the recruiting trail as well and the fact that all of these coaches are able to connect with the players that they recruit as well um for sure it's, the, the staff has done a really nice job um i wanted to circle back to uh, you know talk about some other commitments um the other one that happened this week that's kind of been overlooked but quinn clark um well kiwan lacy actually too came uh, this week but quinn clark um you know kid out of montana and i know there was a lot of you know talk with him and, you know, his interview where he was like, I wasn't sure if I was able to, you know, ready to play power five football or whatever. Um, but look, once he ran that four or five, I mean, Nebraska was sold. Um, he's six, five, one ninety. And the thing about him is I know he's listed as a receiver now, but I don't know if he'll be a wide receiver, like in a couple of years, it just, I mean, he really could like, what if he's six, five, you know, what if he's like six, five, two twenty five or six, five, two thirty in a couple of years. I mean, he really, you know, I mean, he really has a frame that, he could put on some weight and he's a fast kid. So he could be, you know, he could be another tight end by, by the time, you know, he starts playing here at Nebraska, which could be really scary um, or even just a, a bigger type of, of wide receiver. Um, you know, the one thing looking at his 100 meter times, I mean, I think his hundred meter time was like 11.6 or 11.8. That was just in track, but you know, it, it's hard to judge that specifically. Too slow. Get him out of here. Get him out of here. He's <laughs> too slow now. You know, like yeah. for one, for one thing, I mean, Kids in Montana obviously like aren't aren't investing that much time in track, you know, which is another thing. It's also really cold here. Um, yeah. And this, so I mean, you know, I don't know what the days he ran. Like the week, it literally could have been like thirty degrees, which isn't a great time. So I mean, I I would like to see. I am interested to see how that time 
goes forward. I definitely think he can run in the 11 range. I've actually seen, I mean, I've seen this kid run races. I've seen him at like the state track meet in Montana. He's, I believe he does some jumping stuff too. So he's, he's an athlete. I've watched him play. I've watched him, you know, he, his best high school game. He had 208 yards, uh, two touchdowns and an interception. Like I covered that game. It was a playoff game and his team was the underdog and they came in and pulled the upset. They made the state semifinals for the first time. Um, they got, they had a big lead. They had a two touchdown lead, gave it up. And then oh, with like God. two minutes left, yeah, the two minutes left, they were down like three or four points. And he catches uh, about a 50-yard pass and then a 20-yard pass. Boom, they got the lead game over. So, I mean, he's the reason they won that game. And uh, I just thought that that, you know, watching it, I, I remember thinking then like, well, this guy, you know, I wonder who's going to, you know, like our Pac-12 school is going to be interested in this kid, you know, because a lot of great players in Montana, it's Montana, Montana State, and then you know, Pac-12 or Mountain West. So, you know, I didn't realize at the time he had the connection to Nebraska. So that does make sense. And uh, look, if, if Matt Rule believes in him, um, you know, I, I'm uh, fully sold. I think he's got the potential to be a contributor for Nebraska football. If everything works out, possibly. Sure, he could be a kid that, you know, it doesn't and maybe transfers out in two years. I mean, that's possible with almost everybody. But I think with Quinn Clark, the upside and what he can be is what Matt Rule is kind of uh, looking at here. I'll be surprised if there's no transfers from the wide receiver room at any point during the career of, you know, their careers. I mean, there's a lot of bodies at wide receiver. And, yeah. um, but with that, you know, comes the opportunity for a couple things. You know, Quinn Clark doesn't necessarily, you know, have to play right away. The coaching staff can work with him. The coaching staff can develop him. Or they can use that time to say, you know, hey, maybe we need you on the defensive side of the football. Maybe you would be a better fit there. In other years, Nebraska has had to kind of scramble for depth at both positions, uh, you know, especially wide receiver, and they've had to force kids to play, you know, in a spot they weren't comfortable with or just when they weren't ready. Nebraska doesn't have to do that this year, so now they have the luxury of taking a player like Clark, trying to see where he fits best, and, you know, even maybe possibly giving him an opportunity to play a couple games at the position, and then if it doesn't work, you know, it's not going to, be a major hit to the wide receiver depth. And that's not a knock on Clark. That just speaks to how well the coaching staff has been able to recruit, you know, the positions now. Yeah, it's and the thing with Clark too, um, you make a good point about, you know, he'll be able to redshirt and kind of develop. And it's it's more, you know, he's got the bloodlines too. You know, his dad, it's not like he um, you know, his dad was a was a Cornhusker great. And that stuff really does matter. I mean, I know that it's not it's not everything, but there's a reason why, you know, like all the the entire Matthews family ended up, you know, in the NFL, right? I mean, you just you see that sometimes. It does matter. Um, so I feel like when you're you're taking a bet on okay, like the bloodlines, similar with Keelan Smith, you know, Neil Smith. Yep. I mean, I'm not saying that's the only reason, but like you can see what he can develop into. And uh Quinn Clark, I mean, part of it too, I think uh, you know, he's in Montana, so he's really, you know, he's not there's not the same type of resources he's going to have at Nebraska in terms of weight training, the staff, you know, all that type of stuff, the competition. So it really, th this really is a diamond in the rough. And it's like, yeah, he could turn into, th this is a kind of the, the player that, you know, if you get him, he could have a really high ceiling and it's like a, a boomer bust type kid. But I don't, I like that with, uh, you know, this current class. Cause I, I don't see a ton of those guys in here. I know some of these guys were camp offers and whatever, but um a lot of these guys really can play. And that's the thing like with Quinn Clark too. It's not like he hasn't, I mean, he had almost a thousand yards receiving last yeah. year. He had 12 pass breakups. He had like four interceptions. So these he are productive. Yeah. yeah. These are productive uh, football. Like Rex Guthrie is another guy that comes to mind. A really like 
I don't know how that guy's a two star. I mean, to me, that's unbelievable. Like he's six two or six one two oh five and runs the four four three, runs the hundred meter in you know eleven seconds, has like hundred tackles, bunch of intercept. Like it's just to me, there's just a scouting uh, disconnect, especially in the West. And Matt Rule and his staff, you know, if they see somebody and they can verify all the the measurables and all that type of stuff, then they're not afraid to, they're not worried about what 24-7 arrivals or any of those guys think. Like, they're making their own evaluations, and I think that's going to pay off for them long term. Well, for me, you know, the guy that kind of has flown under the radar in terms of stars or whatever, if you even care, is Braylon Prude. I mean, talk about a guy that's undervalued. I think he's a guy that, you know, is going to be a four-star very soon. And, you know, just speaking of four stars really quickly, and then we'll get to maybe Lacey. Daniel Kalen got his four star uh, yesterday. Yeah. So, and I know people say, oh, who cares about stars? And like, does it really matter? Not a ton. But for me, and I don't know about you, Chris, but for me, it's about putting proper evaluations on these kids, giving them the respect that they deserve for the job that they've done so far. Kalen obviously has a senior season still to go, but I mean, I feel like he got tremendously underreported at the Rivals camp. I mean, Nebraska fans had to beg the Rivals guys for coverage on Kalen. So to see him finally get that four-star respect, you know, I can tell it means a lot to him just based off his tweets. He was really excited, and it's good to see him, you know, kind of climb up the rankings and, you know, kind of use that as a springboard into his senior season with uh, two pretty good wide receivers. I think their names are uh, Davin Hall and Isaiah McMorris as well. Yeah, it is interesting with the ranking thing because it, it really doesn't matter, but it is like, you know, it's a point of pride for the yeah. fan base too. It's a bragging rights type of thing. Um, but another well, another part of it too is I think it's just a, a way to, you know, compare recruiting classes. And to me, it's like Nebraska should get, like with Daniel Kalen, they should get credit for a blue chip uh, commitment because he is that type of player to me. And I know he's still not a, a four star in the composite rankings, but 15th in the 24-7, so I believe he's in the top 24-7 now, which is their own, you know, ranking. So he's ranked 225th overall from 24-7 and 15th among quarterbacks. So that's pretty legit. You know, the composite rankings, which are 24-7, ESPN, Rivals, and on three, they have him like 480, I think 34th among quarterbacks. So we'll see. You know, he's not that far from being, like there's guys ranked in the low 400s that are four stars. So I still believe... When it's all said and done, by the time that, uh, you know, he, Danny Dimes signs his letter of intent, he'll be a four-star composite quarterback. That's what I think. Which is your favorite recruiting service to use? Because I've used, you know, 24-7 sports. I've been using on three a lot lately. Which one would you recommend for the fans out there? Um, You know, I do like, I go between rivals and, or not, excuse me, not rivals. I don't like rivals at all. No, I don't like rivals at all. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Rivals, the only one I um, I like rivals more than ESPN. That's the only good thing I can say about rivals. Well, ESPN's um, awful too. So yeah, it's like they have one guy covering recruiting for the entire country. Like I don't even know who does their rankings. So um, I like twenty four seven still. That's my trusted one. You know, because on three did a weird thing with their, I, you know, they have the on three industry rankings, which is kind of they actually are kind of smart because they did kind of uh, they they give more weight to twenty four seven and on three. I think they discarded uh espn and rivals a little bit but i do like the composite rankings i think they're the most accurate but i i like both of those sites i think they both have really good reporters i mean chad simmons of on three does a great job just like steve wiltfong i think on three has a yeah what i like more about on three and where i think that they're better than 24 7 is like their 
um, database information, you know, like yeah. I think it's easier to look at their visits and see like yep. who's leading the prediction machine and stuff like that. So I think they're a little bit ahead in that regard, but um, overall, I, th I think the, the rankers though, the, the analysts and stuff, I think the, the rankings at 24 seven are still better. There's still, there's some on three rankings that are just still a little bit weird to me, you know, and, and it's a bit, it's a difference of opinion, but, and, and it's also how you want to look at it. You know, sometimes on three might have a player ranked higher than, you know, so maybe it depends on your school and who the, all I know is that rivals people seem to really hate Nebraska players. So yep. that's kind of a weird thing. No, it is. And that was evident <laughs> at the, with the elite 11 coverage and fans called him out whatever but you know I, I i do agree with you definitely that um it's easier on, on on three to track visits i do like the way they track visits and you know I, I like the way the profile set up in the sense that you see the player's name and all the information and all the offers and then you have the huddle highlights in the profile so i think that's a little bit easier to find but i do like 24 7 sports rankings a little bit more I do like their rankings more. Another thing I was going to I like on on three, how you can see, you know, visits and official visits very yep. easily. You don't yeah. have to sit there and count them up. They've got them listed. So that's that gives you a good idea of where, you know, if a kid's visited somewhere six times in another once, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Plus, it also stacks them up by date. So you can actually yeah. see like, oh, OK, this kid, order. Yeah. Like, oh, he visited Ohio State four times, but it was like in 2022. You know what I mean? So. I, I like them both. Those are the two I, I go to a lot. I should say, um, I, I don't mean to bash on. I like the inside Nebraska guys at Rivals. I think they do a nice job, like Zach Carpenter. Uh, you know, Greg yeah, Smith absolutely. is up. You know, so it's not not knocking those guys. I just think Steve Marnick. Yeah, he's really I just good think too. Nationally, I just think Rivals is like you know kind of going on the downward trend, especially with on three coming up. So it's just, yeah. it is it is what it is, but. The national coverage is not good. I like the local reporters. Yeah, I'm sure, you, and, and and I'm sure you could say the same for a lot of the sites. I mean, not to go on a tangent here, but just like look at the national sports coverage, and then look at the local sports coverage of basically any college program, and you know you'll see, you know, some things missed nationally that the local reporters absolutely hit on. So, I mean, you know, it, it is a matter of preference, but I do like the Nebraska uh, rivals guys and. I just don't like the national scale that rivals brings to the table. I don't think it's very good, but you know, who the hell asked me? That's true. But uh, <laughs> I guess we, we asked ourselves. So, but in terms of, uh, in terms of, you know, recruiting opinion and analysis, you should definitely check out huskerbigred.com because we don't always break all the news, but we've got lots of, uh, we're quick to analyze it for you and let you know what it means. So that's why you should subscribe to this channel, check out our website, and uh, all that, although we are definitely building up our, our connections. So we've had a lot more inside info recently. So hopefully that'll keep coming down the pipe. Hopefully there's more info to come down the pipe. And hopefully there's of, another commitment down the pipe. <laughs> possibly. Yeah. I mean, and speaking of commitments down the pipe, Grant Bricks is a guy that I'm really excited about. Uh, you know, he was predicted by Brian Munson. You know, I believe it was a 55% confidence score last time yeah. I checked to go to, to go to Nebraska and, I heard that Bricks wasn't was gonna decide uh, before his senior season, so obviously that's coming up. But to me, that means like a August timeline. I'm guessing somewhere around there. I don't think he's gonna decide right now. It doesn't sound like it. Um, yeah, 
So to give you a full scope of offensive line recruiting in case you missed it. So there was a lot of things that happened on Thursday. There was Caleb Pyfram, you know, the in-state um, offensive lineman committed to Illinois. Um, so that kind of got the conversation started. And then, um, you know, Cade Massey last night committed to Kansas State. And that was interesting because, uh, you know, with Bricks, it's basically been said that it's Nebraska, you know, Kansas State, and then Alabama's kind of in the mix. But it just doesn't seem like he – yeah. really wants to you know some kids don't want to go that far from from home you know like that's just how it is alabama's a long way from iowa you know what i mean not just uh you know travel wise but it's yeah. just it's a lot culturally it's a whole different place so i mean that that's a that's one thing i don't think people factor into recruiting enough kind of like what you were saying with carter nelson sometimes kids do want to leave the state too like people have to remember these are just 18 year old kids and sometimes they have their own you know they, they don't sometimes the decision's not always about football you know what i mean um, but at anyways, with, with Grant Bricks, you know, I, I, it was interesting, you know, that, uh, Massey went to Kansas state because I'm sure they would still take Grant Bricks, but, um, Munson, you know, got the prediction. Nobody else has followed no Sean Callahan yet. No Steve Wiltfong yet. Nebraska does have the lead with the prediction machine. I do think they have the momentum, but we'll see. I mean, it's a, you know, that last month or so is a long time, but he would be a massive getting kind of like. You know, I feel like the missing piece for this, uh, you know, like if you look at the offense, I mean, they've got Kiwan Lacey, who's an absolute stud, Carter Nelson. They've got three really good receivers. Kalen, I like all the offensive linemen they've got, but uh, Brick 6'5", 280, number five offensive tackle in the composite rankings. I think he's like 84th overall. So I think he actually would be Nebraska's highest commitment over Carter Nelson in the composite rankings. So that tells you how important he would be and just yeah. – uh, man, to land the top player in Nebraska and Iowa, that would be quite the uh, recruiting uh, haul for Matt Rule. And I want to get into Lacey in just a little bit, but as far as Bricks is concerned, I was looking, and I believe he would be the highest-rated commit uh, for the offensive line since Turner Cochran. Um, and that that is certainly something to be proud of. And, um, you know, I think Bricks, I mean, he would he's just an absolute monster. He he creates holes for running backs like nobody's business. He finishes plays. He he can, you know, get immediate leverage with his hands and, you know, just knock defensive linemen down. And that's exactly what we need, you know, in terms of a physical running game and Big Ten football. That's what you need. And I'm hoping he can – I'm hoping he can decide, you know, not soon, but August, like I said, I'm kind of guessing will be his time frame and – you know, I, I kind of got the idea that the coaching staff was a little bit out on Pyfram, and I'm not too sure about Massey and, you know, how that exactly went down. But to me, it seems like they're putting, you know, all their eggs in the Grant Bricks basket, so to speak. From what um, I've seen, you know, there's um, – and, and what I've read from others is that the staff wanted him to, to be more of a guard. They viewed him yeah. as more of a guard, and – so basically it sounded like they, they said that they were full at guard essentially. And so, you know, I think it was one of those situations where they did want pie from, um, you know, he was trending with predictions, but look, he took the other visits and they had, you know, um, you know, Peters and uh, you know, Davidson that committed. And so it's yep. like, you know, you missed your, you lost your spot. So that that's how it goes. Um, I think he feel, I think Illinois views him as a tackle maybe, or is going to get, so I think that that was part of it too. And, and look, if I was a high school recruit, I'd probably want to play tackle too if I thought I could do it because you're you have a better chance of making the NFL and you have a better chance of making more money flat out. I mean, down the road, if that's like the way that he's thinking about it. I don't know. 
with Massey, I know that there was some talk. Nebraska was like a lean there. Um, so not with Munson. I think it was Mike Schaefer, one of the guys from Husker 24 seven. Um, so it's, it's interesting. So that's what got me wondering, like, is there a connection there with uh, bricks and Massey? Like does Kansas state getting Massey mean that Nebraska yeah. is in the lead for bricks? They do have the prediction now. Um, the on three prediction machines, like 73% to eight for Kansas state now, but that's based yeah. really on one prediction. So like, I don't, I'll say this about the prediction machine. Once it gets into the nineties, usually means you have more than one pick. Then I feel a little better about it. So we'll see. I would, you know, it's just weird because it's not weird, but it would be nice. Like if bricks was going to decide like in August to try to say, Hey, like get him, you know, at the end of July for like an unofficial visit. Um, I know they have another edge coming in at that time for a visit, but it doesn't sound like Nebraska wants to do a ton of recruiting stuff. So it, it'll be interesting, but they've, shown um matt rule and the staff have shown that they can close with recruits very well so i feel like they're probably uh you know how you said trying to get him to commit i bet they're probably trying to push him to commit a little bit sooner and and uh you know make that announcement so we'll see what happens but he definitely i believe is the top you know he's the new carter nelson now you know grant bix is the top guy on the board he's the new carter nelson dylan rayola he's the new shiny thing like let's go get him and to me, if they get Brant, Grant Bricks, I mean, they have a couple holes to fill, but that, that'll pretty much be a wrap on 2024. <laughs> yeah, that's all. Only 15 commitments in the month of June. That's it. Yeah. No, but, um, you know, the thing that I like here, too, is in uh, previous Nebraska football coaching staffs didn't do this, and I wrote about this on Husker Big Red a little bit, is when you have a quarterback like Daniel Kalen, who you view as the future, you want to put him in the best position to succeed. How do you do that? by building your offensive line, getting your quarterback playmakers, and, you know, getting, you know, your quarterback, good good running backs to help balance the offense. I mean, Alabama's quarterbacks, for example, aren't, you know, probably the most talented and athletic, but they have a good offensive line, good wide receivers, good tight ends, so they have all the pieces around them needed to succeed. And that's important if you want to develop a quarterback. That's something that Nebraska, I always felt, didn't do a good job of with in, with Adrian Martinez. Sure, you know, we can go down the Adrian Martinez rabbit hole, but there were a lot of other factors too that kind of made his time at Nebraska a little bit of a bummer. And I feel like this coaching staff is, you know, getting the pieces that Kalen needs to succeed and putting him in a good position to really kind of t uh, take the next step and, you know, become Nebraska's future quarterback for, you know, several years. Yeah, they've done, I think they've done a great job, you know, uh, building him and he's done a great job of building this class too. I mean, that's part of it is he's, you know, made sure he even joked with uh, Steve Sipple that he is uh, viewing recruiting as a part-time job right now. So Which is good. Uh, I like that. I mean, <laughs> I, on a, I mean, look what he's done. He's gotten the two wide receivers probably had something to do with Carter Nelson. And I mean, if that's his part-time job, then hire him, put him on the staff. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, with uh, Kiwan Lacey, I mean, um, you know, just really quick um, before we kind of wrap things up here, but, you know, Nebraska, I think is, they definitely got, you know, a future starter in uh, yeah. Kiwan Lacey. Um, so, I mean, you're looking at, and, and this is a, just, this was something I was thinking about, you know, earlier this week, um, just myself, but Nebraska, I mean, so, so some of these commitments, now I know Quinn Clark obviously didn't have like the big offer sheet or whatever, but, you know, Carter Nelson, 
had a, I mean, Georgia, Alabama, Auburn, Notre Dame, Penn State. I mean, there was everybody was interested in Carter Nelson. He won Lacey, you know, they beat out Old Miss for him. So, I mean, they're beating out some SEC teams for these guys like Davon Hall. I know Tennessee came in late, but Tennessee still offered. And, uh, you know, I, I feel like because they offered so late, I, I feel like that that probably was yeah. more of like a committable. Like, I don't think they were just like messing around being like, here you go. You know, like, I feel like that they know at that point, like either they needed to make a committable offer or they needed to like basically F off. And so they, they did. So it's like, that's three recruits within like a man or four or five days that had legitimate sec offers that Matt rule got to Nebraska. And I think that by itself is impressive. We're hanging with the big dogs, right? And this is something we couldn't always do consistently in previous years. And, you know, as far as Lacey is concerned, I mean, I really, really like what I see here. He is a bruiser. He is a physical running back. Uh, out of Lancaster High School, um, out of Texas, again, with the Texas Pipeline, uh, Lancaster, Texas, actually. He, he, you know, finished 2022 with 730 rushing yards and 11 touchdowns. And those numbers were actually down from his 2021 statistics, which included, uh, you know, over 1,300 rushing yards and 15 touchdowns. So he's a guy that is is absolutely, you know, if you were to do a creative player for a Big Ten, I believe it would be Lacey. I mean, he just has that physicality to go along with the little elusiveness and the ability to run uh, east, west, um, north, south really well. And so I really, really like Lacey. I know you talked about him uh, last week as a guy that you really wanted to see Nebraska get a little bit more involved with, and they did. They did. Yeah. And it's uh, I didn't expect him to have a commitment this week at all. So, I mean, that no. the way they turned that around really was impressive. Um, this guy runs a 10, seven, nine in the on 100 meters. He's, I think, 5, 10, 205. So he is a big, pretty big back. But, um, you know, in some of his highlights, he's like over 20 miles an hour running. So like this, this guy yeah. is electrifying. He's a receiver, too. He reminds me. Honestly, I don't. But he reminds me a lot of A.J. Allen. He really does. Um, a bigger, you know, a bigger, more physical AJ Allen, but just an explosive, dynamic guy. And so it was, it was a disappointing to me when we lost him via the transfer portal. And I feel like, you know, boom, we just got another really talented, you know, Texas running back that can do a lot of the same things that's going to be, you know, joining this team next year. So Keywan Lacey, it would not surprise me at all if Keywan Lacey came in here 2024 season and made an immediate impact, just like AJ Allen did last year before he got hurt. I feel like, these Texas players are a little bit more ready than in some other areas. And that's not a knock on anything. It, I think it just goes to show the level of competition they play in high school. And also, you know, just the type of, you know, skill sets they have, you know, you mentioned AJ Allen and Kawan Lacey being similar in terms of style. And I could definitely see that. I mean, they, they want physical running backs in Texas who have a little bit of speed and elusiveness and, it's evident that that mold is working coming out of state. So I really like this get from Lacey and, you know, Ole Miss is, you know, not a, a joke program. So I think that was another huge win for Nebraska. And it makes me feel a little bit, you know, better about the state of the running back room because this is Grant's last year. Anthony Grant, is that, is that right? Um, I believe so. I'm, I'm not a hundred percent sure though. I mean, I'd, I'd have to double check, but uh, um, I think Gabe Irvin still has a couple more years. Um, I, think, have, I, I think, honestly, uh, Ramir Johnson might have two more years, honestly, I, with, I, the, with the COVID year and everything. Yeah. I think he might. I don't I have to check. Like 
seems like he's done his like 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 Logan Smothers. He's done his dues for this program. He's yeah. been here forever. And then you have Quentin Ives, so it's yeah. going to be a very solid and Emmett, backfield. Emmett Johnson too. Emmett John- I, I, oh, I, I like I like him. So yeah, he's he's a uh, you know I, I think he's a little underrated. People forget about him a little bit sometimes, but he's a. Uh, I wouldn't surprise me if he contributed this year. I thought at the end of last year he kind of started working his way into the mix. So. I'm still optimistic about um, his future, but in all, I, I really like, yeah, Ives and Lacey, the first two commits under uh, Barthel, I think are both really dynamic guys and kind of give you an idea about the type of running backs that he's going to recruit. And, I mean, we, we, we kind of already know the type of running backs he's, he's uh, going to recruit because he got a guy by the name of uh, Saquon Barkley to the NFL and also Miles Sanders. So, I mean, Barthel has an eye for talent and, you know, I really trust him. Again, I trust a member of the coaching staff with their evaluations and their ability to get the most out of the running back room. And that's something, again, we haven't been able to say in, in, in recent years. That's very true. So uh, something we have said a lot, though, and we'll say again, is make sure you guys uh, hit subscribe to uh, the Husker Big Red YouTube channel. We appreciate all your support. Um, we love to talk about the Huskers. So Make sure you subscribe, you know, hit the like button, get into the comment section, make sure you share so that your other, you know, Nebraska followers that, you know, can catch our content as well. Um, And uh, we'll be back on Monday for another episode. And with the recruiting, maybe dying down a little bit, we'll start uh, previewing the 2023 season a little bit. So looking forward to that and uh, kickoff is basically less than two months away. So really close. So um, as always, guys, thanks for everything and uh, go Big Red. Go Big Red.